other. He has taken us to be able to be fruitful in his kingdom. And again, <laughs> so God is now legitimately reminding us now that we should look back to where he took us from. That we should continue in that spiritual journey that has given us. We should continue in that spiritual, in that spiritual path that he has given us. That we should not look back, we should not slide back. That we should continue there and continually, uh, like Apostle always says, again, coming to verse 2, he says that uh, God says, uh, God sometimes para- paraphrases Apostle. Apostle said that God should know, God always reminds him that he should know where he's coming from. So we too should always know where we are coming from. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, number two is there, yes. Praise the Lord. Uh, my contribution will be coming from two and three, but I'm going to talk more about the blessing of Abraham. Uh, Mommy touched on it last week, um, and then I went further to want to learn more about that blessing. And what I receive is that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, the promise by faith by Jesus Christ. And if we go into Galatians 3, 4 to, um, 14 to 29, give us um, in-depth on that. He said, I will be given to those that believe. So when we do believe, it's just like the promises that we have in this month, the month of signs and wonders. So it is only those that have that faith and tap into that will receive that blessing. And then in the book of Genesis 12, 2 to 3, give us where God actually said it in the beginning to Abraham, that I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be blessed. You shall be a blessing. And then Genesis 28 verse 4 also say your descendant will bless him. So not just only Abraham. Every one of us who is in Christ Jesus, once we believe in Christ, that blessing has also come upon us. And in Romans 4, 1 to 8, especially verse 3, gives us even more and says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So when we believe in God and have faith, God gave us righteousness, even though we don't earn it, but because of the faith we have in Christ, we receive that blessing in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'll be focusing mainly on verses 3 and verse 4. I read, the Lord will surely comfort Zion and look with compassion on all her reins. He will make her desert like Adam, a wasteland like the garden of the Lord. Now, I got inspired into gardening, apart from my agricultural background, when I read um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, which says, Now the Lord, have, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Adam, and there he put the man in her form. So the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the garden, you know, both trees and all that. And if you find out during the time of Jesus Christ that after he has done all the healing and all that, we often resort to a garden, go be in the afternoon to pray and all that. So that's where I got my inspiration from at lunch break. I don't need to go, to, I just go to any of the government gardens in the city to go and pray. So Jesus did. And I found that very therapeutic. You know, if you go to the garden to pray, you come back to work really, feeling really very refreshed and all that. So even in my home, I love my garden because the Lord planted it. So I want to encourage all of us, if you're not into garden, because the Lord did it. I want you to encourage you to go on for it. It's good for your health. Praise God. Okay, praise the Lord. My similar to what she just said, but I will say my own in a different light. And I'm just um, on to contribute from verse 3. He said, The Lord will surely comfort Zion. And that's the promise to those who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. And we can refer that to the book of Matthew 6, 33, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But what impressed me most is the fact that God says he will turn our desert into Eden. And I was saying that what does desert mean? Desert is a place of dryness. It's a place of hopelessness. It's a place of emptiness. It's a place of frustration. And God says he will now turn that 
sin into Eden. And I went back into Genesis chapter 2 from verse 8 when God planted the, the Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible says that even in that garden, everything they need for life to survive is in that garden. So the garden of Eden is a place of provision, it's a place of plenty, it's a place of life. As long as they were in that garden, they have life. But when sin encroach, they have to move out of the place of life into the place of death. And God says he will turn our wasteland into the garden of the Lord. So when we seek the Lord and we pursue righteousness, no matter what we are going through, in our situation of dryness, in our situation of hopelessness, God says he will turn them into a place of hope, into a place of life. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> My contribution also is from verse 3. But um, I, I saw it from a different perspective. Um, last week when mommy was teaching us from Isaiah 51, from verse 1, said, The title she gave to us said, Hope for the Hopeless. And when I, read, when I went back to my notes and I went back to study on my notes, the uh, mommy instructed us that we should go and study the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 10 and connect it to this Isaiah 51. Now, one thing that stood out for me in the book, uh, in the book of that Genesis chapter 2, which I'll quickly open up to us. Just give me two seconds. Yeah, I'll finish it within the within specified time. Uh, so in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 2 from verse 8, it says, it says, I'll read from verse 5. Now no shop had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord. God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no work to the ground. Now jump to verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put man. He said, he went for, he said, he had, no, sorry, now God put man, sorry, because my screen's a bit square. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And the way I related to it from the top of the moment, that regardless of what you're going, no matter what you're going through, in the midst of hopelessness, God has already prepared the garden and he has prepared, prepared everything we need for that garden. So we should, as Abraham did not give up, give up his hope in the midst of hopelessness, and as he created the garden and it was fruitful and he put everything in it, Anything we're going through now also, God has prepared the garden for us through the Bible school where we receive the word that will give us everything that we need to overcome every challenge that we might be going through. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today my contribution is on Isaiah 51 verse 16b which reads, I have put the word, I have put my words in your mouth, and I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. The phrase, I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, reminds us of Moses when he was hiding in the rock, and God came to put his, put his hand over him as a, as a shadow, and he, and so his glory could pass through him. And in our everyday life, God's, uh, glory, God's shadow will be our shelter, and so his glory may pass through us. Amen. together to that wonderful mother. Could you stand, please? I'm so proud of you. Stand. Stand, stand. Let's see you. No, no, no. The mother, you stand with your mom. Yes. I really want to thank God for your life. You are a great example. And I'm happy that I'm, I've been part of your life. Even in pregnancy, I've been there. So I'm sharing my own testimony. So when all these miracles are happening, 
I'm happy that I'm part of it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's how, that's how I'm going to be speaking now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, the boy is catching on with the brother. Praise the Lord. My contribution is on Isaiah 51 verse 9, which reads, Awake, awake, arm of the Lord, clothe yourself with strength. Awake as in days gone by, in generations of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces and who pierced that monster through? This is a wake-up call to Jerusalem. God's people sometimes spiritually fall asleep and they need to be awakened. Romans 13 verse 11 to 12 says, And do this, knowing the time, that is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore we must cast off our works of darkness and put on the armor of light, as stated in the book of Ephesians 6. The final part says, Are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and pierced that serpent through? Among God's great works remembered here is his defeat of Rahab. In this sense, Rahab means pride and is a representation of Egypt. And ever since the Garden of Eden, the serpent has been associated with Satan and all his followers. This is a poetic representation. This speaks in poetic terms of God's victory over Satan, because the victory has been decided before the battle began. God has won the war in our lives. Amen. Double clap, double clap, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like I said, I've always been thanking God for this children's life and for more children in the church to come, because they are not going to be the only few. We are going to sit down, our children will be teaching like this, they will be reciting the Bible and uh, we'll be so happy that it's not going to be emu, 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 emu around our children. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's why we'll be hearing now. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to thank God for your life. Tonight, we are going to do a fast race because Isaiah 52 actually goes along with uh, Isaiah 53. So like our brother said, awake, awake, Zion. These are the redeemed of the Lord. These are the people in the previous scripture that has been hopeless. In their hopeless situation, God keep on encouraging them. He keep on telling them that, look, you are my righteous people. But yet they still kept in their hopeless situation. And here he's telling them again, God, God has redeemed them here. His love for us is so much that even in, as God has redeemed us, there are sometimes that we just feel that if we are, are you God. If I'm redeemed, where are you? But he's not encouraging them in this scriptures here again. He said, awake. Awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Have you ever found yourself in such a place where you look as if we are his God? God is encouraging us tonight. In our troubled ways, even, even though we have been redeemed. Because he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them say what? Let them say that I'm redeemed. Let them, in one of the scriptures there, he said, uh, our feet shall go out to, to, to spread the gospel. Amen. But here, instead of our feet going out with joy to spread the gospel, we just sit down there and be thinking about our own problem. But God has already carried the burden for us. You will see it as we start to read in this scripture. So it was, he sent the psalmist to encourage them again. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. For adventure, there are people that are sleeping here tonight. God wants you to come up and clothe yourself with strength. So put on your garment of splendor. The joy of the Lord will always be our strength. Amen. Are you going through times and situations? Is something coming across your way? And it's like you only put on the garment of ashes and always want your head to be bowed down. But God is encouraging us here. I say, put on your garment of slender. Jerusalem, the holy city, the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Hallelujah. Amen. Uncircumcised, the undefiled, the Goliath that kills your life. That is what David referred to, to uh, the Goliath, the uncircumcised. Yes, they will not enter your life again. They will not come to suppress you again. And he said, shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit and throw in Jerusalem. That is how do we shake? What dust are we to shake off? Because when Goliath comes into our lives, he comes to terrify us. He comes to kill us. He comes to destroy us. He comes to make us to die. But God is still encouraging his redeemed. He said the uncircumcised will, will not be seen. He will not enter you again. He says, shake off your dust. The dust that is to be shaken off here is the dust of fear. 
When the children of Israel were faced with their Goliaths, what happened to them? They were terrified until God gave that uh, little David the boldness to come. And he's encouraging them, you have to be awake. You have to clothe yourself with strength. You don't need to be timid anymore. You have to show forth my praise in your life. And that's what he's talking about. He says, shake off your dust. That is, shake off the dust of fear. Shake off the dust of trouble. Shake off the dust of uh, 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 doubt in you. Sometimes we doubt God. But the Bible says, whosoever the Son has set free is free indeed. We doubt God because we are, we are chained with all these chains of, uh, of fears. That has taken us over. But he said, we should shake them off. Rise up, sit and throw in Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chain on your neck. Daughter of Zion, now a captive. May we not be a captive in Jesus' name. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing. And without money, you will be redeemed. Hallelujah. Our freedom depends on God. Even if we enslave ourselves, we sold ourselves into slavery, to redeem us is just like a twinkle of an eye. And Jesus will do it. And that is what he did by paying, uh, uh, by dying for us on the cross of Calvary. He said, for this, this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to leave. He's talking about uh, backsliding Christians now. And lately, Assyrians has oppressed them. People that have known God and they have decided to go back. This was the, 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 the nations that were terrifying the people of uh, Israel before. And yet they still go back into, into, into sin and all the rest of that. But in their, in their redemption, he's telling them, you have to be awake. I've released you. You are no more chained. You know, sometimes when you have been in slavery for too long, so when they release you, you still feel that you are, the chain is still there. And that is what he's encouraging them to do. Take away all doubts. Take away all fears. Take away every other thing, every chain that is binding you together. Because your freedom has come. Say, for this is what the sovereign law says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to leave. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. Anyone that decides to backslide or go back to Egypt to leave will be, will be uh, uh, oppressed. And now, what do I have here? Declares the Lord. For my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them mock. For this purpose, the Lord will act on our behalf. Because of people, because he's so concerned about us. He said, those who rule us, mock us. They mock when things are not working well for you. They mock when you don't even know your God. But God is concerned for this purpose. Say, for my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them, mock them. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Hallelujah. Therefore, in that day, they will know that I, that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. May we know the name of God, even in time of trouble. See, at the name of Jesus, every nation about. When we know God as our deliverance, then we can call him. When we know, I talk about this name so much. When we know someone as a medical doctor, then you can go for help when you are sick. When you know someone as an architect, you can go to them and say, my building, I need you to design my building. When you know someone as a, 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 a surveyor, when you just get a land, you know how to call them, please design this land for me. Get the pillar in place and all the rest of that. But he said, if we know God's name, then we'll be able to call on his name. May we trust the name of the Lord forever Amen. in Jesus' name. And we began to talk about what happened to those who know their God. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, we sing this in song. We, are, we recite it all the time. But anyone that brings the good news of salvation, the Bible said their, their feet are beautiful. May we go with beautiful feet in Jesus' name. Anyone that brings bad news, their feet is no more beautiful. So what is the good news that God said we should go and teach? Preach the good news about Christ's redemption. Preach the good news about his coming again. Preach the good news about what Christ has done for you. Testify about his life. The woman of Samaria did this. Her feet were so beautiful. He said they proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings? Who proclaim salvation? May God put his word in our mouth so that we can go and tell more people about his coming again. Who say to Zion, your God reigns? We should go and tell them. God is coming back again. That's one of my precious Psalms, Psalm 96. 
He says, ascribe greatness to God. Ascribe greatness to him. And he says, we should go and tell the people, my God, your, my God reigns. God reigns. So, so someone might ask you and say, does God reign? In the midst of all this calamity, you are telling me that God reigns? I don't think I can believe that. Does God reign? What good news are you bringing to me? My daughter has been sick. My this and that. They have a lot of problems, but we must, our feet must be beautiful to go and talk about God to the, to the whole world. Tell them that God reigns. He's reigning. He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. He's reigning. He's still reigning. And we make sure that we go and tell them about his coming back again. He said, listen, you watchmen, lift up your voices. He's talking to people that are praying, the intercessors. Thank God for this church. It's a prayerful church. He said, we should lift our voices more together. They shout for joy. May the sound of rejoicing us cease in this account. In the name of Jesus. What we should be doing all the time is to put, uh, like he said in that verse 1, clothe ourselves with strength all the time. Our prayer life must not be shaken. Our evangelism life must not be shaken. We must go and tell the whole world that Jesus is coming again. He said, uh, listen, you watchmen. That is, if you find yourself as that intercessor, may we all be great intercessors in the name of Jesus. He said, you watch me, lift up your voices together, they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into a song of joy together. Your ruins of Jerusalem, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. Amen. Amen. And you can write against this Psalm 126, verse 1 to 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 38. Ezra chapter 1 verse 5. God has indeed comforted his people. Amen. He has redeemed Jerusalem. You can put your name there. The Lord will lay bare his holy arms in the sight of all the, of the nation and all the ends of the earth. will see the salvation of our God. If you take your place in the kingdom, the ends of the world will see God's salvation. We take our place in evangelism. The ends of the world will see God's salvation. If we take our place in prayer, when you are not coming to do show services, we pray every day, and you are coming here to show your skill. That's not what I'm talking about. Thank God for genuine people that are praying. But if we do all these things, if we put all these things right in place, many people, the ends of the earth, will see the loss of God. Because he said, he's still waiting. He's still waiting. He's not coming. He's delaying his coming because he wants to see everybody saved. I don't know how he's going to do that, but his ways are not our ways. You know, we don't know how he's going to do it, but when he says that he's going to do it, he will do it. Amen. Amen. He says, depart, depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean things. You people that are, that, 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 that are great people of God, that are spreading the good news. Those of you that, those, every one of us, let me put every one of us, that are uh, intercessors. Now his guy said, depart. Depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean things. We must be faithful in everything that we are doing. Say, come out from it and be pure. You will carry the articles of the Lord's house. Hallelujah. That is those of you that carry the articles that are signed to do particular duties in the household of God. Those of you that are signed for a great work of ministry. Those of you that are workers in the household of God. Those of, those of us that, you know, like the word of God is on our lips. We know the word of God. Those of us that are genuinely born again. Those of us that are righteous. Amen. He said we must come out from it, from, from, from what, from evil things. Come out from it and be pure. We must get ourselves pure. Amen. Because he talks about blessed are those pure in heart. You who carry the articles of the Lord's house. Surely he has signed, he said, but you will not live in haste. You will not live in haste or, or go in flight. For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. And this is talking to us, you know, in the book of uh, Isaiah 45. He said, God lifted up his right hand and, uh, to, sub- to subdue nation. God wants to use Cyrus to deliver his people from slavery. And you can read all this and he also used Ezra, in the book of Ezra, so that he can deliver his people from slavery. During the time of delivery, delivering them, he said they will not live in haste. He's, God wants to comfort his people as he's taking them out of their past life, out of their past history. You will not just live in haste. There's going to be an understanding. They're going to have understanding of your release. 
If we don't have the understanding of how God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into his wonderful kingdom of light, that is tendency for you to backslide. If you are a smoker, if you don't have that understanding, because you have left in haste, because they said they, they, they brought the gospel to you, and you have left in haste, it's okay, you leave smoking. If you are a drunkard, then you leave drinking. If you are a thief, you leave stealing. But because you left in haste, it's not genuinely done. I pray as many of us that are rushing to God, as God has given us as Cyrus, and they are ministering the work of God to us, we will not live in haste. Amen. We take time to understand the spirit. That's why I say we don't want to be churching all the time. Come to church and go back home. Make fellowship because I want to see Pastor David's face, that's why I'm here tonight. Or because I want to see uh, Dickiness and David's face, that's why I'm here tonight. No. We must make sure that anything that we do is genuine. If we don't do them genuinely, that is what is going to cost us to live in haste. Then it's like this God that I'm serving, I don't even know, I can't understand. I don't know why it's not answering my prayer. That's why we'll be hopeless all the time. But he promised the children of Israel, look, you will not live in haste. Even in your deliverance, everything is going to work out well for you like never before. Because these people were in exile. And God raised Cyrus for them, so that Cyrus will be able to help them. He also raised Ezra in that time, so that they will be released. Their living is not going to be in it, that they will say maybe they forgot something back that they are going back to collect that thing. You know, the children of Israel, even when they left in his, you see what happened to them? That's when they were telling Moses in the wilderness and, and they were grumbling and said, it's better for us to be eating the garlic and all the good grapes than you come and put us here. Because they left in haste. They don't have understanding of what God was doing for them. Some people don't have the understanding of the deliverance that God is making to happen to them. And that's why we live in haste. May we not live in haste in the name of Jesus. He now came, he now said, said, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. He's talking about God of Israel. When God, the pillar of cloud by day was leading them, the pillar of fire by night was leading them, what happened to them? They were going on the journey peacefully. And things were done accordingly. He said, for the Lord will go before you, the God of Israel will be your rear guard. May that be, be, be for us in the name of Jesus. When God of Israel is going before us and is going behind us, the journey will be so smooth. Amen. But when we don't uh, allow the God of Israel to move us in this our journey through, amen? You know, as we're in the world, we're in a pilgrimage. We are all in a pilgrimage. One day we are going to get there. There is a brightly beam, like the songwriter said, that is leading us. We are just voyagers. But it takes people that are, not, that are taking their time to follow the footstep of the Savior that will get there safely. May God continue to be a rear guard in Jesus' name. And he now began to talk about the suffering and the glory of the servant. Now he's talking about a servant who is the Messiah. And that will lead us into 53. He says, see, my servant will act wisely. The servant, Jesus, the servant, in the midst of terrible situation, did he act wisely? The people spat on him. He did not fight. And then we can put ourselves as a servant because if we are made in the image of God, Jesus went through it all. But he was able to be the servant indeed. He said, he will raise, he said, see, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Did that happen to him? Today he's sitting right by God himself, interceding for you and for me. He's highly exalted. And the book of Philippians, chapter 2, because of time, you go and read it maybe from verse 6 or from 1 to about 13, you will see how the humility of Jesus, how he was disgraced, but he refused and he humbled himself to the last. Today he sits he's been exalted. That's why he said, God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. There was a grace upon the life of Jesus to that extent that when he gave up the ghost, he went to his father in heaven. He said, he will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him. That is, many who were so horrible to him. They were so, they, they did a lot of things to, to, to shock him, to do bad, bad things to him. He said his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form mirrored beyond human likeness. He was so disgraced. He was beaten. Bad 
things will happen to him just because of you and me. So that we can enjoy life and our life abundantly. He said, so he will sprinkle, so he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. And it's actually happened. Kings have to shut their mouth now. Those people that were persecuting him and talking a lot, you put those small, small uh, people that are in reference to kings, amen. They have to shut their, their mouth because of what Jesus started to do, even when he is not here. He said, For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Then it takes us. This, this servanthood now takes us into Isaiah 53, which is very, very self-explanatory. He said, who has believed our message? Or to whom has the arm of the Lord been raised? The arm of the Lord there is talking about God's great power. To whom has the power of God affected? He grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground. You know, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth is not recognized. When he was growing up, he grew, nobody knows him. That's why he said, like ordinary plants, that is just growing out of a dry ground. The ground is not water, nothing is happening. That is how Jesus was in his time. Nobody recognized him. Nobody sees, sees him as the savior of the world. Like, I'll I give an example tonight. I'm so sorry, I have to use this, my, my son Eric, as an example. How did I know what this woman was carrying? When she was going through her trials and everything. I was there, I said, Do, as far as I'm concerned, this baby is going to be great. Prophesying. Your stress will not carry this baby along. And today, I didn't know that in this womb, with all these times and situations, because the love... That God, this is just to the glory of God. God was able to help me to show to her at that time. When she was going through terrible times, I said, no, you come to me. Anything you need, I make provision, even if I don't have it. But God always, or you all know, God always meet me and supply my needs. So I was doing it. So when she went back to Ghana, she came back and brought my baby back to me. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So Jesus' time was like this. Nobody recognized him. He was just growing. Even his brothers, they even though they like a shoot, look, he said, he grew before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry. All these small, small children that we are seeing, who knows what they are going to become in future? We don't know. And that's the reason why we parents must take responsibility of these children you are bringing to the world. I'm so sorry. People will now say, ah, it's my work. It's like this. You, don't, you cannot afford not to bring these children. You can't be like the disciples that are driving their children away from God. Do you know that if you carry this microphone, some children will get home. And they will carry microphone and they demonstrate like apostles. I remember when my daughter was very small. We used to watch a program on the television. When that program comes, in our carry carton. Carton of milk that we play. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. You know, they learn. Even right from the womb, you are bringing your child to church. They're learning. They're hearing the voice. They know that this is a message. At the time, they will swing to, to praise God. They see more than you can see. So we must not be very careless. Nobody knows who Jesus is going to be. So he was just growing among everybody like every other child. Don't look down on all these children. That's why I'm so happy that we are raising our children in Christ's tabernacle. The man of God said, we must teach them instruments. They must learn instruments. All those of you that are doing instruments, you must teach them. Show them the way so that they, because they are the future of this church. A time will come that we will go. They will be the one and say, this is how Mamioma used to say. This is what Mamioma says. This is how uh, uh, Dickens played the drum. This is how Elder this played the piano. This is how Pastor this preached the Bible. And I want to be like that. Even some of the young ones that you are seeing, ah, Brother Eric, people, when I go anywhere all over the world, they say, that young man, that young man, they keep on telling me, they say, Mom, I say, don't thank me, just thank God, that young man, that's how people will testify about you. If this Bible study is not here now, thank God for the grace of God, we will not hear about Brother Eric. We will just be sitting down there. There are people that, because they said, maybe some of their age, he's nine, Maybe from 12, they should come to children's adult church. They left the church. But the man of God, speaking through the grace of God, I want to put wisdom there. Nobody knows who Jesus is at that time. 
but it was just as it was demonstrated here. He said he grew up before him like a tender shoot. Let me see. He said, who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord, that is, the God, God's great power, be revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot. Except God reveals to you that this is what this child is going to become. This is what this woman is going to become. You just put her on and... No, 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 no. You don't take people for granted. That's why I said to some of you, they ordain some people uh, pastor. To even call them pastor is a problem. To ordain people elder, to call them their elder is difficult. Ah, may the Lord help you. You are pouring cold on you. You must gain that grace of God upon your life and begin to call it. And then it will come to be concerning your life. When they speak anything concerning your life, it will be. We must not take people for granted. And this is what he's talking about here. If, as if God's power has not revealed it to you. There is no way you can know that Jesus is going to carry the sin of the whole world. Even though it was prophesied. But not everybody, is it all prophesied that we hear that we put inside? Sometimes, Mama, God will prophesy here. We just, we die, we just die, die down with it. Except people that have listening ears. That now comes, ah, Apostle said this, Apostle said that. So nobody knows about this young man that was coming up. He's Jesus. He said he grew before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground. Ah, ah, look at Jesus' background. Carpenter. The son of a carpenter. Hey, even they were saying that. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Because he came from the poorest place. He had no beauty or majesty to act, to attract us to him. Nothing except for that day that when God opened his eyes and the Spirit of God came upon him and the book of Isaiah was revealed in the temple. That was the time that all these scribes and Pharisees were looking. Like some of us are looking at Eric now. Amen. Amen. He said nothing in his appearance that we, we, we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. He's self-explanatory. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom God hid their faces. He was despised. And because when he was calling God, God was not saying, it's what you have to go through. But yet people keep on despising him. And we held him in low esteem. Do you know most of the time you always go and hide? When you're after God has used him to do something, we just go and hide so that, you know, to bury his head somewhere. You know, because people don't even believe in him. Some Pharisees will come and they just talk anyhow to him. He says, surely... He took up our pains. May we know what Jesus has gone through for us Amen. and be able to love him. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, surely. He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. We, we quote this scripture a lot, a lot of times, say when we need healing or something like that. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We are like sheep have gone astray. But adventure, you are like this sheep that we are, we are talking about. That is, many people that are still in the world. They are like sheep. They are going astray. They are doing what they like. Backsliding Christians, they are like sheep that have gone astray. He said, we are like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Are you turning to your own way tonight? I beg, I'm tired. You know? May we resist the devil. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. You can see, carry this burden to the end. And from that verse 7 to 9, talks about the sacrificial death that he died for us. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did, he did not open his mouth. If it's you and me, we would have fought that battle. I can't take it. I'm not taking nothing easy. You slap me, I slap you. God knows this. You know that kind of a thing. But Jesus went through it all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Look at what Peter did. Cut off the ear of one of the people that were coming. He couldn't take anger, came upon him and said, What? My father, my savior, my deeds. But he's not supposed to do that because Jesus that was going through it was patient about it. So don't fight for other people. Look at what Moses did. Moses was fighting for uh, his uh, town man and killed the person buried. He did not know. Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows. 
So what are those things that we do at our back? Jesus died for all these things so that he can take us out of them. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Look at what happened to Abraham and Isaac. You understand? Until the lamb appeared. May the Lord help us. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Look at when they released the, the, the thief for, for Jesus, Barabbas, for Jesus. Yet, who of his generation protested? Nobody is a protest and say, kill Jesus, release Barabbas and uh, kill Jesus. You understand? Nobody protest, uh, 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 protested for him, for he was cut off from the land of the living. May we know the purpose of his death. When you are singing majesty, you people are in the spirit. Majesty, worship his majesty. You understand? He was just cut off like that. He didn't live his life. A lot of us today want to live 100, want to live 200, want to live 150, want to live 180, want to live 250. But Jesus only lived 30 years. 33 years, I mean. So at 30, he started his ministry. Only three years. We have grace, many years upon our life, to do great work of ministry before he comes. If he tarries, may God help us in everything that we do. Say, for he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, which is true. It's not lie. Don't you see the two thieves at the cross? So he was assigned to, to, to die with them. He said, I'm with the rich. I'm with the rich in his death. Joseph of Arimathea's, the one that gave his tomb, you know, for Jesus. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. The servant's death, I would there. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for his sin, he will see his offering, offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the, the, the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. Amen. Amen. And he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for transgressors, which he still doing till this very time. May the Lord help us, so that we will be able to do the right thing in God, in Jesus' name. You know, he reminded us to be awake. Close ourselves with strength from that uh, Isaiah 52. God redeems Jerusalem. Verse, this is my note, verse 1 to, verses 1 to 11. So God sent his prophet to encourage his people to be alert or awake. Isaiah 51.9. If they have not taken their proper position in God... And I, and, and I reference that to us. If you have not taken your proper position in God, may we be alert tonight and awake and be clothed with strength. Because we cannot be doing church. We should worship. Today in church, tomorrow we are not. Today is night VG, tomorrow we are not. So this Sunday we are there. Tomorrow I'm going to watch it on the television. Oh, may the Lord help us. Such is not, it's not good at all. He encouraged them to clothe themselves with strength and put on the garment of splendor. That is to be revived again. May we be revived again. The garment of splendor. He promised them protection. He promised them security. And deliverance from their enemies. Which he mentioned in that scripture there. Their enemies the Babylonians. Their enemies the Egyptians. Their enemies the Assyrians. He promised them. Deliverance from their enemies. Who ruined their city. This can be likened to the salvation accorded us through Christ Jesus. He made provision for our salvation through his death and res resurrection. He delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, that is, the exile mentality. Most of the time we say we are in God, we are redeemed, but we still have that exile mentality. 
but he delivered, the, he, he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. God knows what is best for us. And for this purpose, he will act on our behalf and deliver us by himself from those who rule and mock us. That is verse 5b. God expects us that has been delivered to take his message of salvation to many others so that they also can respond to the good news. We can just write this against that uh, verse. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Hebrew chapter 2 verse 3. Verse 12. What Isaiah said was true for this purpose. He raised Cyrus, his anointed. When the Israelites were in exile, God raised Cyrus on their behalf for their release. Jeremiah also prophesied that the Jews will remain in captivity for 70 years. Jeremiah 25, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. But God used Cyrus, his anointed, to release them from exile. If anybody is in any exile, may the word of God that comes from this pulpit, Christ to Tabernacle, what that you are hearing now, he release you from such exile Amen. in the name of Jesus. You know, you can be on the exile of time. Someone sent something to me in regards to time. You might, some, some of you might have watched it. They, they said, they tell the man, come to church. He said, there is no time. Come do, do this. He said, there is no time. Do that. He said, there is no time. But now when uh, the doctor now, they now diagnose that he has cancer, he has time to go to hospital, isn't he? He has time to come to church to pray. But don't let it be too late before you have that time. I laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. God, don't let my condition be like this. It's when they diagnose him of something that he now has time for God. May that not be your portion. In Jesus' name. May that not be my portion too. In Jesus' name. The suffering and the glory of the servant. Verses 13 to 15. The servant referred to in this scripture is our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Who humbled and sacrificed himself to die for our sins. He will highly exalt. Uh, he will be highly exalted for this purpose. Philippians chapter 2, 6 to 13. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. The servant was also insulted and suffered and was beaten. That his, uh, that his appearance was so transfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form was trampled or mared beyond human likeness. And the story of the servant takes us to 53, which talks about his humble servant. You have heard about the 51, the servant that was empowered by God. Amen. To do great and mighty things. But it's one and two of that, Isaiah 53. He said, this chapter continues to expound on the Messiah, Jesus, who will suffer for the sins of all people. This servant came in a humble way. His appearance was not beautiful, nor majestic. I've been describing all this appearance. To attract us to him. The arm of the Lord, which means the great power, i.e. his greatness, had not been revealed to anyone. He grew up like tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. Referencing Jesus' life in the village called Nazareth. Nobody knows him that is going to be the Messiah of the whole world. Everybody looked down, even his brothers and everybody. Had nothing about him to attract attention. You can write these scriptures down to go back home to look about Jesus' life as a, as a child or as a growing uh, person. Luke chapter 2, 39. And uh, uh, verse 30, 51 as well. Then Matthew chapter 13, 55. When we get home, read that. And I put here, Nazareth was not well known, nor reckoned with. John chapter 1, verse 46. At the age of 30 years old, Jesus left Nazareth to begin the work. Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. Luke chapter 3, 23. The same Luke chapter 4, 16 to 30. It was at the age of 30. Some of us are privileged from the womb. We have been hearing about God. May God hold us to the end. In Jesus' name. He was rejected. Verse 3 and 6. 
of that 53, he was rejected, despised, and suffered pain in order to bring salvation and healing and deliver mankind from their sin. sins. He became the savior of the whole world. The person that did not sin became the scapegoat for us. May we take it seriously in Jesus' name. And I just quote some of the scriptures. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was crushed for iniquities. The punishment or chastisement that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds or by his stripes we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We see the servant's sacrificial death, that is verses 7 to 9, then 10 to 12 of that 53. We see the servant's sacrificial death by giving himself for our sins. Verses 7 to 9 explained it all. Explained it all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. May God help us to humble ourselves and take away every form of pride from us in the name of Jesus. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers, he was silent. May God grant us the grace, peaceful mind in Jesus' name. He said he was silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who, of, yet, who of his generation protested? Nobody. During that time, they were just saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Ah, may God forgive us. For he was caught. A lot of people are still crucifying Jesus till today by attitude, by those things that they say we should not do, but we are still doing it. So you are see, you become Judas Iscariot suddenly, betraying Jesus in various ways. We thought to be Peter, denying Jesus in various ways. May God help us in Jesus' name. He said, for he was cut off from the land of the living. It's so painful. Because he didn't live the life that was to live. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. That is, the thieves of the cross. Can make reference to that which I actually spoke about. The thieves at the cross. Only one said, today, if we can just... Leave forgive me or something. When the other one was speaking rubbish, he said, "Today you will be with me in paradise." So if we if we confess our sins, God is able and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And with the rich in his death, we learned about Joseph, the one that carried the cross with him, and then got a grave and put Jesus in the grave, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. The Lord bless his word. That is where I stop today.